You're about to listen to a message of Foundation of Truth Assembly. May the word you hear bear fruit in your heart now and always. We worship you, Adonai. We worship you, Master, our owner, our Lord, our everything. We give you all the praise and all the glory. We worship your holy name, O Lord. Thank you for today. Today is the day that you have made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you because you are one who cancels anything that can cause sorrow for your children. Thank you, Lord God, because you are the one who stands with us when we go through challenging moments. Thank you because you are always there. No matter what the situation is, we worship your holy name. Lord God, no matter what the environment looks like around us this morning, we still worship you. We adore your holy name. We lift your name on high. We salute you, Master of the Universe. I give you all the praise and all the glory. We thank you for the privilege of being called your children. Thank you, Lord God, for access to you. Lord God, we thank you for giving us that room to come to you. And when we come to you, we know that we never live the same. When we come to the King, we know we never live the same. Lord, we pray this morning that in addition to our time of worship and singing praises to you lord god that you will speak to us and our hearts will hear you not just our ears we do not want to listen to be educated alone lord god we want to listen to be transformed because your word has the power to do just that lord we pray that our lives will be so changed we will go ahead and change our world in the name of jesus christ lord god we hand over everything and everyone unto you lord jesus christ continue to have your way and be glorified lord god let your name, the name of Jesus Christ, be glorified above all else, above all situations, above all troubles, above all distractions, above all things that can hold us up. Let the name of Jesus be glorified. Let our name prevail over circumstances that have held us down. Let those circumstances bow to the supremacy of the name of Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, be glorified once more. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Friends, put your hands together for Jesus. Such a lovely morning, such a lovely day, another day to have a privilege of bringing you God's words, something I do not take for granted, something I celebrate you for, because you come around Saturday in, Saturday out, you listen to the podcast, you join this live service, may the Lord bless and reward you abundantly as you lay upon the foundation of your life, layer upon layer of the word of God to build you and to edify you and to strengthen you. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will reap the reward and the word will see your profiting in the name of Jesus Christ. Your life will advance. Your life will make progress as a result of the word you eat in day in, day out from here in the name of Jesus Christ. Without further ado, I go straight to what we have today. It's a lot, so I better just get to it as quickly as possible. You recall that we started a series this month called Road to Recovery, picking lessons on the road to recovery, and we took a text from the book of First Samuel chapter thirty. So we see that popular story astray and bring forth from it lessons for our lives as we seek recovery and refreshing this year as a people. We, by the way, we're resting on the Word of God. We're just not concocting ideas. This is the pronouncement of God for us as a people this year. That this year indeed is our year of recovery and refreshing. I don't know about you. I take God's Word seriously. I've seen God do great and mighty things in Scripture's in my life and in the lives of many people. And guess what? It always starts with a word. A word. Do you believe the Word of God? I do. 
And this is why we are teaching this series. To say if God has said this is the year for recovery and refreshing. There must be nuggets of wisdom in his word. There must be teachings that must follow to guide us in being able to get all that the word of God says we can get. Because God never lies. He never lies. It's not like us. He doesn't change his mind. If he says something and it doesn't happen for us, don't blame God. Let's check. Let's turn the searchlight on ourselves. Is there something we could have done? differently is there something we should have done at all or is there something we shouldn't have done let's look within and this is why we are teaching this series so we began and we've taught uh, two weeks already this week we're going to teach another topic on this series called acting on conviction acting on conviction last week the topic was part the question and the emphasis was on inquiring from God going to God and popping the question to God and say should I do this and should I do that you remember. So if you have asked the Lord and the Lord has given you a word, what is next? Conviction. And what after conviction? Action. Turn your Bibles with me to our anchor text in the book of First Samuel chapter 30. And I'm going to read three verses upon which we're going to base today's teaching. Go to chapter 30 from verse 8, which we read last week, by the way. It said, So... David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? Yeah. And God answered him, Pursue! For you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. Verse 9 is my emphasis today. The Bible says, So David went. So David went. He and 600 men who were with him, and came to the brook Bessel, where those stayed who were left behind. But David pursued he and four hundred men, for two hundred stayed behind, who were so weary that they could not cross the brook Bessel. Father, Lord God, we pray, illuminate our hearts as your word comes, straight to us. Lord, make it simple for us to understand, but above all, give us grace to apply. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hallelujah. I go back to verse 9. So, you know, the Bible started with so in verse 9. So, starting that verse means that something had happened previously. You know, we're all students of grammar. No matter what your language, Yoruba, English, French, Portuguese, Italian, whatever. When you see so as a result of therefore... Consequently, you know something had happened in the previous verse. So what happened in the previous verse is that David inquired, verse 8, David had inquired from the Lord and the Lord had given him green lights, full beam of green lights, not just a ray, of green lights. Say, go! You will not only be able to pursue, you will catch up, overtake and recover all. And David took those words. He took it like that. And this is firm. This is something I should act on. And so in verse 9, he started with, So David did what? Wait! As a result of the response he got from the inquiry. This might seem like that's normal. No, it's not normal. <laughs> in fact, there are four categories of people on earth that would have done four different things 
given what happened in verse 8. They inquired from the Lord and God said something, different behaviors. David is, is what I would call category 4. He heard from the Lord. He believed it so much it became a conviction. Then he ran with it. I will come to type 4 kind of people. Let me start with type 1 kind of people. These are the people that don't even hear anything from God. Either that they don't ask God or they are not patient to listen to God. Or they ask God in the wrong way and He gives them the silent treatment. Oh, God gives the silent treatment to read the Bible. When you think you are smarter than God, you've abused Him, you violated everything He told you not to do. And you think at any point in time you need a compass. You have reduced God to a thing. God is just your compass. Tell me where to go now. Just the way you open your phone and you know, you go to your favorite app, your Google, Google map and you click it. Tell me how many minutes it will take me to move from point A to point B. And Google freezes on you. You don't have network. Some of us don't have network in heaven. We don't have data. So when we approach God, God just took us. Who is this proud man? Barging into my presence like this. Doesn't understand protocol. Doesn't respect me, but only comes when they need something. So he gives you the silent treatment. So some don't hear nothing from God. And of course, again, they don't move. This is the worst category of people. They don't hear. They don't move. There's such a man in the book of John chapter 5. Bible said there was a pool called the pool of Bethesda. And there were important folks always lined up in that place day in day out they were just waiting for a move of heaven an angel coming down once a year and stirring the water and whoever took the first move and entered the water that person will be healed so people there generally move when they see that there is a moving by the word or a moving caused by the angel of God hmm? so here Jesus Christ had come to that same pool and he met a man here. If you read from verse 5 of the book of John. The book of John. Bible says, Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew he had already been there in that condition for a long time. Even older than Jesus at that point in time. He had been there longer than Jesus had been on planet Earth physically. During that earthly ministry. Jesus didn't even spend 35 years. This man had been dead 38 years. I do. Immobilized. Paralyzed. Jesus asked him a question. Do you want to be made well? And the man went. In verse 7. The sick man answered him. Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool. Where the water is stirred up. But I am coming. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said, rise. <laughs> Take up your bed and walk. Make a move. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. Before he had that encounter with Jesus, every year the man will sit there, waiting for the move. The move will happen, but he will not be able to move because something was holding him down. There are many of the people in this category, this category one people. They have things holding them down. They cannot either hear God or even when there is there is an evidence around them that God is speaking. They cannot act. There are impediments. Impediments, local impediments in their lives that holds them down. 
People like this don't go far. This is the category of people not to be. These are the people who blame everyone else for why they can't make progress. Why they can't move. So, in this church, it's like God is being partial. In this fellowship, God is very, very partial. You see, he's blessing everybody. Because, you know, maybe they pay more tithes. Maybe they do this. Maybe they do that. They blame God. They blame the pastors. It's because the pastors are not interceding for me. Maybe they are only praying for the rich brethren. They are not interceding for me. The pastors are not praying for me. Oh, they blame their family members. Oh, it's my family members. They could have done this, that, and that for me. It's my uncle. It's because they didn't send me to school. Bros, 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 calm down. You have no excuse. In this life, if we fail, we have no excuse. Why? Every excuse you can look for in the book, behind the book, outside of the book, somebody has defied it in this life. Go and check. Do your research. So, you cannot be in this category one. Those who don't hear God and don't move. Even when they see that others are moving, they will not make the effort. They will rather sit down and be complaining about why they cannot move. Don't be in that category. There is a second category of people. People that hear. And you know, they, they hear God and they don't move. I don't like this category. I don't. In fact, it's better to, to not hear than to hear and not move. This category, two people, they are the doubters. They are the analysts. For everything God says, they are this what if. A list of what if. A series of what if. What if this happens? What if that happens? They are analyzing everything. Well done, Mr. Analyst. Miss Analyst. You can do analysis on everything else. Not on God's words. When he gives you a direct instruction, like he gave David. Pursue. You will surely overtake and recover all. Nothing to analyze. David could have sat down there and made a long list of all the information that was not available in that pronunciation. But he didn't do that. Category 2 people, they doubt everything including themselves. I don't think I'm able to do it. What if this does not happen? What if that happens? They are the procrastinators. Okay, I've heard God. Yes, but I will do it later. Hey, please, I will do it. Do you know why they say they will do it later? They want to think about it more. They want to chew it. They want to take it to their fellow doubters. They are doubting Thomases. They want to take it to those friends and say, mm, what do you think about it? They won't say God told me. They won't say, hey, I've been thinking of this idea. Ah, is that you? Do you know someone like that? I've been thinking of this idea. I want to check. What do you think? No, God's word is not an idea. <laughs> no, 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 no. God's word, when he gives you a word, it's not an idea. No. You can't put it at the level of idea and say, okay, let's begin to you know, analyze this idea. You can't do that with God's word. Category 2 people are fearful people. They will not take a step. The real reason they can't take a step is because they are afraid. They are afraid to take a step. If I step out, what will happen to me? And By the way, when God gives you an instruction, God gives you a word, where you go to ask him? It's not everything he tells you that is easy to do. No. No. I've read my Bible. There are many times God tells the servant, go and do something. And you ask yourself, sincerely, if I were in the shoes 
of the hearer of this word? Will I be able to do it? In the book of Exodus chapter 14, the Israelites, they were faced with a very dark situation. A strong army, the best army in the world at the time was chasing after them. The Egyptian army. Running fiercely, motivated after them. All the men who were running after the Israelites had lost their firstborn that night. If there is any motivation to, to run and kill every Israelite that night, it was there. That army was behind. And get what was in front. The Red Sea. Very salty, salty sea. Deep sea. Go and Google it. Check what the Red Sea looks like. I don't have time to talk about it this morning. Check what the Red Sea looks like. It's not your swimming pool. No. It's not Imo River. It's not River Niger. It's far deeper than that. Far more complex. The waves. Far, far more turbulent. They had just one thing to do. Die by the sword or die by drowning. So they began to shout and complain profusely to Moses. Moses, is it that there are no graves in Egypt that you brought us here so that we will be killed like this? Why did you do this? You should have left us to continue to eat our onions and cucumbers. You should have left us in Egypt. Bible said Moses was disturbed. And Moses turned to God and said, God, would you do something? And God said, Moses, why are you shouting to me? Why? What is that in your hand? Stretch it upon the, the waters. <laughs> and Moses will be asking God, what are you really talking about? We are not talking about parting um, a pond. We are talking about the Red Sea. So stretch it upon the Red Sea. And he did that. And when the sea opened like a book, you know, if you don't have courage, you cannot enter that water. You can't. In your mind, you'll be asking, what if we enter this water closes? And indeed, the water closed after they crossed. So knowing that that possibility was always there, they had to move and defy their fear to enter. Read all through scriptures. There were commandments Jesus gave to people to do things that did not make sense. There were commandments God gave to people to do things that were scary. If you are in this category too, you won't do it because you are afraid. Hear God and still not move. You do that because you are a procrastinator. You are, or you are just a prophecy collector. You know, some of us are like that. <laughs> we, we just like the idea that God speaks. Not that we want to do what he, he says. Not that we want to do it. We just want to collect. Do you know the latest information I got from God? God said I will be so, so, so and so. Thank God for what God said. And you have carried your petty diary. And you have written it in bold. In fact, you carried your highlighter and highlighted it. Bros, it's not for collection. It's for battle. When God speaks, it's a weapon for you to travel in the place of prayer and to put your hands to work by faith. That's the reason God speaks. That's the reason God responds when you ask Him things. So you have asked God, should I pursue? God said pursue. Should I pursue that career? God says pursue. Should I go propose to that woman? God said propose. Should I go ahead and register in that school? God said go ahead and do it. And you do nothing. You've collected it. You've collected it. You've written it in your diary. God said I will be the next governor of so 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 state. You wrote it in your diary. What are you doing? Nothing. Have you joined the political party? No. Have you uh, begun to, you know, think about what you will do when you become governor? No. Have you begun to pray? Have you begun to seek counsel? Have you begun to 
to take trainings in how to, to do even public speaking, to begin to think critically, to begin to formulate strategic plans, to begin to craft development agenda. Have you begun to do any of that? No. It's written in your petty diary and locked away for your life. Don't do that. Don't be a procrastinator or collector of prophecies. Some of us have become too familiar with God. We just think God is a talker. When he says something, is made for your action. In fact, you know, there's something they call FYI for your information. It is not for your information. When you go and cry from God and God says something to you, it's not for your information. It's for your necessary action. Yes, for your information and necessary action. Act on God's word. Don't be too familiar with him. I say it's just God. He does what he does by saying it and it will happen by itself. No, 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 no. You are trying to, to play God. Don't, don't insult God. Rise and do what you need to do. There's another category of people. These ones, they don't hear God, yet they move. <laughs> and all through scriptures, we see all those kinds of people too. They don't hear nothing from God. They just have a conviction. I don't know where it's coming from. Some, is that they are bold. They are bold on their own. They just want to take a move. And let me just quickly balance this here. It's not every time boldness is a bad thing or a good thing. Hmm? It depends on what's driving your boldness. You see in the, in the book of First Samuel chapter 17, you, you see how, you know, there was no time that we heard that God told David, go ahead and kill Goliath. No, there was no time. Read your Bible. Oh yes, David had been anointed to be king. And he happened to be on the battlefield on that particular day. And he rose to the occasion. Not that God told him, do it. In fact, he didn't ask God. God, should I go and fight Goliath? He just did it. He was moved by the fact that someone was insulting God. And the person had been doing it for 40 days and 40 nights. Every morning, every evening. And David felt insulted on God's behalf. And he rose to the occasion and did something because of his love for God. And because of his work with God. He couldn't stand God being ridiculed. So he acted in boldness. So Really, sometimes there's nothing wrong about it. But not all acts of boldness are coming from a place of trusting God. Because we see in the case of David, David took that bold step because he was trusting God. Huh? He took that bold step. So he qualifies as an act of faith. He was trusting God. He trusted God who had had fellowship with him severally while he was alone with his ship and maybe from the words that he had heard from that place the assurances he had about who God is, about how God can defend the experiences he had about how God had protected him from the time uh, he confronted the bear he confronted the lion you know he was drawing from all that but he, 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 there's, there's a difference certain people they don't hear from God, in fact they don't ask God, they are just bold on their own so they trust in something else, not in God. And why it is a commendable feature for anyone to be bold, and we encourage people to be bold, when your boldness is only relying on your abilities, it may not get you very far. It may get you some results, no doubt. And we see many bold people who are not Christians. In fact, bold people who, be, who don't believe in any God anyway, and have done great things. Boldness can actually take you far. But only so far. Because there are things that boldness alone will not do for you. Yeah? Because your boldness is resting on your own resources. 
most people in this category three people who don't hear god yet act they act based on their instincts sometimes they are just copying other people you know it's not that there's a conviction everybody is going in this direction and they follow to go in that direction in their minds the people cannot be wrong one thousand people one million people who are doing this particular thing right now cannot be wrong let me follow them and do it people are relocating everybody is doing it let me follow them and do it not that they urge god so they just boldly take a step and do it this category of people they are like the seven sons of skiva you know they said in the name of jesus christ that paul preached it's not them preaching it they just have been watching paul do it and they went to talk to demons and they got a beating of their life so it can, can get messy a bit it can get messy sometimes if all you count on is your you know your self-confidence your boldness or sometimes your naivety <laughs> he wanted to jump on the bad wagon of others you know just because everybody is doing it let me just so do it the day something bad will happen to everybody then it might also happen to you because you are not acting based on conviction on something god told you so this is category three where we want to focus today is category four kind of people the david kind of people people who ask god and they run upon the word they hear the conviction that they get from god they run with it i want you to observe three things about this categories of people and apply it to your life today the category for people they hear God and move based on what they hear we see here in verse 9 the Bible says so David went he and 600 men who were with him and came to the brook Bessel where those stayed who were left behind but David pursued he and 400 men for 200 stayed behind who were so weary that they could not cross the brook Bessach. Bible says, upon what David heard from God, and his inquiring verses, David went out. Friends, listen to me. Number one thing about this kind of people, they hear God and move. What did I say? Category four kind of people, the David kind of people, they hear God and move. Recovery. Listen. Recovery begins with the first step of faith. The step that David took in that place was a bold step of faith. I have read this passage again and again. And I encourage you to do the same. Do the same. Nowhere in this passage would you see when God told David, Pursue! That God gave him any coordinates. David was pursuing. He knew who he wanted to pursue and why he needed to pursue them. Where they were, he didn't know. Read your Bible. In fact, he needed a guide, and we will talk about this next week, to take him to where those people were. He didn't know where they were. But he stepped out. He took a step of faith. You know, it's easy to take a step of faith when you are taking it alone. Yeah. Yes, taking a step of faith is always something difficult. But it's easier when it's just you. You just carry your own body and step out. No. David had a more daunting challenge. David had to convince 600 intelligent soldiers. Men who had lost things. Men who had lost family members. They've lost their wives. They've lost their children. He had to convince them to step out with him to a place he didn't know. 
That is what it means to step out on conviction. That you do not only find conviction for yourself. You find enough conviction to motivate others to follow you. The book of Genesis where God told Abraham to get out of his familiar territory. His fatherland. And go to a nation that I will show you. God, why do you do this Lord? You could have just told him. If you have all the answers, your faith will not be necessarily involved. And anything you do without faith may not please God. God wants you to take a risk on him. Yeah, listen to me. I know you are listening now. God wants you to take a risk on him. He has given you some information. You are waiting to get all information. You may wait forever. And guess what? As you're waiting, time is going. Others are taking step. They heard the same word. They mixed it with faith. So it's profiting them. If you don't mix God's word with faith, it will not produce the results that please God. Step out. That's for you. Step out. Step out. They didn't have all the information. But they went out. All the same. So they kept going. They kept moving. They kept going to an unknown destination. The Bible said they went out. They forfeited comfort. They took a risk. Took a chance. To say if we perish, we perish. But we go out. We are motivated. There is something that is carrying us. We go out. Number two thing I want to tell you about this kind of people. The category four kind of people. Is that they do not mind going with less than they had in mind or they would have wanted to go with. They understand that they do not need to go with everyone when God has spoken. Oh, maybe you need some people, some stakeholders. You need their buying. You need to sell the idea to them if the idea involves them. Not everyone will buy your idea. And believe me, I've been in this situation severally. Severally. Not everyone will buy your idea. What you have in mind doesn't make sense. But you're sure, you're convinced that God told you that. You're convinced. <laughs> Lord Jesus. So I, I struggle with sharing this testimony. It's a personal one. I have so many personal testimonies on, on this subject. At the risk of sounding to want to draw attention to my personal testimony, I usually shy away from sharing personal testimonies. So I'm struggling right now to, to share or not to share. But let, let, let me just bring out a lesson. Sometimes you just need to go, even when you don't have everyone on your side. Oh, get the key ones, get the key people on your side. Pay the price to get the key people on your side. But you don't need everyone. When you are sure this is God's word, you are convinced this is God's word, you have to move. Even though not everybody believes you. Some may think you are making it up. Some may find an explanation for why you think what you are thinking. Because they think you are just thinking what you are thinking. Not only that you actually heard God. Move. The Bible says here, David went out with 600 men. But they got to a place. The other people he went out with, they became weary. Out of 600, 200 became weary. One third of his army 
became weary. David said, I won't let this stop me. So David left them behind. I don't know who I'm speaking to. There's something you are sure God has told you. You are 100% sure this is God. What he has told you is unpopular. What he has told you is difficult to execute. What he has told you will be costly. What he has told you will make people misinterpret your motives. But you are sure God told you. There are people you need to leave behind. Yes, I said it. David left people behind. There was a time Jesus was in serious agony in the garden of Gethsemane. And he expected that his friends, the inner disciples, Peter, James and John, would wait with him, would go all the way with him. So he called them out of the, the twelve. and said, guys, follow me. My soul is exceeding sorrowful tonight. And he went into the garden and he was struggling in the place of prayer. Struggling. He had a conviction about what the will of God was. That it was God's will for him to go to the cross. Not only to die for humanity, but to die the death of the cross. And he went there negotiating with God. Lord God, isn't there another way? Can I not just die in my sleep? Can I not just die, you know, peacefully? You know, can I just die? Let them just shoot me, you know, stray bullets from nowhere. Let them just be quick. I'm making it up. But long and short of it, he was asking God, God, there has to be another way except this cross. I've seen what will happen. I've seen how they will slap me. I've seen how I'll be so tired that I will not be able to carry my cross myself. I've seen how they will strip me. I've seen how they will beat out jungle justice on me. I've seen how they will lie on me. How they will put finger in my mouth. Lord, isn't there another way? And God gave him the silent treatment. Because he knew for sure that there was no other way. So, he went to his friends who were supposed to be helping him. Stay in the place of prayer. Please give me some encouragement. Let me know you are there. You are praying for yourself actually, but let me know you are there. Bible said he met them sleeping. First time, second time, third time, Jesus said, continue to sleep. He left them behind and went ahead to do what he was doing. There are times you need to leave some people behind. Just so you can obey God. Just so you can lay hold of that which God has promised is available to you. There are people you need to leave behind. There are friends that you will be forced to leave behind. Not because you are arrogant. But they do not have enough courage to go where God wants you to go. There are times this People will be family members. There are times there will be long time associates. People you grew up with that you need to leave. Because their faith cannot carry where God is taking you to. If you read the Bible here. And we will, we will, we will get there next week. I don't have time to go through all that today. So we will put it up for next week. You will see that it was not act of malice that David left them. In fact, when David recovered all, he shared the loot even with these people that did not follow him. So it's not that I'm saying, forget your friends, delete them, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. They are still your friends, but they cannot go with you to where you are going to. Their energy levels cannot go there. The Bible said they became weary. Why do you have to leave them? If you stay with them, you will go nowhere. 
So David left them behind. Recognizing that not everyone is needed. When God's word has been supplied. God's word has been supplied to David. You shall pursue, overtake and surely recover all. David wrote on that word. He said one with, with God is majority. I have God on my side and 400 men out of 600. That's enough. What you have is enough. Step out. Don't wait until it becomes millions. Step out. God has given you that business idea. You have a little. Out of the little, some of it has also been taken for something else. Step out. If you do not step out, you cannot recover. If you do not recover, you cannot be refreshed. Step out. You need to summon strength to cross the river Pesach. The river Pesach is ahead. You need to find strength to cross that brook. Not everyone will have the strength to cross the brook. But because God has spoken, you need to summon strength. The Bible says, those who wait upon the Lord, Isaiah chapter 40. He said, they shall renew strength. Wait upon God. You have listened to him. He has given you direction. Go to the place of prayer and wait upon him to receive strength. Because the brook vessel is ahead. If you get to brook vessel and your energy level is low, you cannot cross. Gather momentum. How do you gather momentum? In the place of prayer. Do you know how much power is made available that can be generated in the place of prayer? Bible says the fervent effect of prayer of the righteous avails much, avails much what? Energy, power. You want to generate power to cross the brook vessel when you reach it? Stay in the place of prayer. God has given you the word. Chew the word in the place of prayer. Regurgitate the word. Take it back to him. God, you said this. I believe it. I believe it. Pray into your spirit until it becomes a conviction. Pray that word into your spirit until it becomes a conviction. Then it becomes the wings upon which you fly. I'm telling you what I do, not what I read about. And in my life, I've, I've taken many, 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 many bold, audacious steps. In fact, as, as we speak, I remember one very clearly now. Where I did something very, in fact, looking at it now, I think it was it was something that I will find very difficult to explain to others. God gave me an instruction. An instruction that could, could actually make me feel very woefully. Very woefully. But I took it. I took it. I took it crying. But I took it. I took it afraid. But I took it. When I got to that point... The energy on the inside kept me going. Because I remember the testimonies of how many times God has said something and I acted in faith and I got results. So I said, even though this is a bit different, more difficult, and stranger than the other things I've done, I'm going to do it. Even though it has long-term implications, I'm going to do it. Before God and man, I stepped out in faith. And, you know, looking back, I'm glad I did because there are times only you we need to cross that brook that brook is ahead when God speaks watch out for the brook vessel when he comes challenging you will it overcome you if you give up in the day of adversity your strength 
is really little. The third thing I want you to know about the category four kind of people, the David kind of people, is that they pursue. Number one, just to recap, number one thing I mentioned is that category four kind of people, when they hear God, they move. Number two is that they recognize that not everyone will be needed to go all the way with them. Number three about the category four kind of people is that they pursue. Ah, this one is a climax. Category four kind of people don't just have a motivation to move. They actually move. They don't have a conviction to move. They actually move. Verse 10 starts with, but David pursued. Guess what? This was after the discouragement he could have had in verse 9. Where the Bible says, some of his men, one third of his men, 200 men, say, Oga, we love you so much, but sorry, we don't believe in this dream enough to cross this river. In fact, we don't have strength to do it. Guess what? The Bible said earlier that they have spent their strength weeping. Um, yeah? That's verse 4. Go back, back up to verse 4. And I'm, I'm saying this because this is what some of us do. Verse 4, the Bible says, Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. So they spent their power and strength weeping. David could have joined this group and said, Me too, I'm tired. I've been weeping. We have all been weeping. But he summoned strength. So he told himself, I'm going to pursue, no matter what this obstacle is, I'm going to pursue. He could have, you know, David could have embarked on that failed project, because that project was going to fail. On the failed project of trying to persuade the weary. No, he didn't waste his time persuading the weary. He pursued. What did I say? David pursued. He could have spent time, you know, blaming them and making them the excuse for his failure. He said, oh, well, I'm sorry. We have to abandon this expedition now. You know, we started with 600 men and 200 have gone back. At this rate, I don't think we have the critical number to pursue this troop. Maybe it's time for to call a retreat. Let's retreat and go back home and go and chop our L. No, 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 no. David wasn't going to carry a loss. He decided, I'm not going to blame these guys. Yes, they are tired and they have a right to be tired. I, I accept I accept their position of being tired. But I won't let it influence my decision to say I will not go forward. David could have decided to, bring, uh, to be blaming the brook. Oh, is this brook better? That's why we feel, you know, this is what we do as Nigerians. We blame everything that cannot respond by itself. We blame the things that we cannot see. The spiritual forces that are making us poor in this country. Okay, go and charge spiritual forces to court now. You cannot. You know that they cannot respond. You know that you can just blame everything on the devil. The devil is not going to do anything. He just leave you and be laughing. I say, these guys are just giving me credit for what I didn't do. We blame everything, everyone, apart from ourselves. Is this village that I came from? Is this state of origin? It's because I'm a woman. It's because I'm short. It's because I'm too tall. It's because I'm fair. That's why... I cannot do this thing God is asking me to do. We blame everything and everyone else. David didn't do that. He said, I'm not going to blame the brook. I will just move. So David found motivation. He said, see, God has said something. 
In fact, David literally ran on the energy of what God has said. Pursue! You shall surely overtake and recover all. So David pursued. He was not deterred. Bible say, but David pursued. In spite of obstacles, but David pursued. In spite of what you are going through, will you pursue? Will you pursue? Say, oh, I've been set back in life. I've been let down. I've been discouraged. A catastrophe happened to me. I lost someone. I lost something. Pursue. That's what David did. Upon the word that he received, the conviction from the word, David pursued. Don't let the things that happen to you stop you from pursuing. It's time to rise and pursue. Pursue that dream. Pursue that conviction God has given you. God has said, I'm not done with you. Don't write yourself off. Don't rule yourself out. I'm not done with you. Pursue. I know you have suffered loss. They've broken your heart. Well, pursue that next relationship. Pursue it. Pursue it. God is giving you a conviction already. He has brought somebody. But you keep doubting. You keep doubting. What if they are like the other person? What if they are abusers? What if they are just interested in something other than this marriage? Other than this proposal? Other than this business? Did God speak to you? What did he tell you to do? Go and act on what he told you to do. David painted. He must have painted. The picture of what recovery looks like. You know, if I pursue these people, despite these obstacles, I'm going to be reunited with my family. My men are going to be reunited with their family. He found motivation in that. He said, I'm going to pursue. Whatever your motivation is, find it. And you too, do what David did. Pursue. Don't delay. Don't doubt. Go ahead and pursue. Do you want to recover? My time is running out. I'm running off now. You want to get refreshed? You want to receive all that God has said you can receive? You need to do what David did. You need to pursue. And if there will be any direction I will tell you to pursue, first, I will say you should pursue God first. Yes. Begin with the pursuit of God. You know, there's a book I love so much. It's called Pursuit of God. Written by... Um, A.W. Toza. In fact, that book, I love it so much. <laughs> I, I was traveling to Lagos from, a, from Abuja. I was on a flight and I was reading that book again. I don't get tired of reading that book. I was reading that book again. There was a young lady, I, I guess maybe she was a teenager or something. Um, a Christian lady, I could tell. She sat beside me and, you know, she kept glancing at the book. You know, I, I turned to a page, you know, maybe while I read the statement and I'm, I'm meditating on it. Then I would catch her looking into the page, you know, just trying to read. At some point, she couldn't hold it anymore and she said, Sir, please, what's the title of this book? As I told her, oh, it's The Pursuit of God by A.W. Toza. You know, just took time to, you know, quickly run through the book with her. I've read it before. I said, oh, I think this is a very good book and all that. So I kept reading and basically we kept reading <laughs> because as I was reading she kept reading when uh, we, we arrived in Lagos I just felt let me just sew this book so I love the book so much but I had to sew it so I gave it to her and she was so excited of course when I got to Lagos uh, I made sure I went to the bookstore and bought the book again and even bought some some more books on um, similar topics The Pursuit of God I'm not trying to, to advertise a book I'm saying pursue God if you are going to have a chance of really, really, really recovering. 
as God has said you will recover and getting refreshed as I said you will get refreshed the first place to begin your pursuit is in the pursuit of God pursue God Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 it says seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things all not some all they will be added to you all will be added to you some of us in the process of pursuing these all other things that were meant to be incremental uh, imputes to our lives we have lost the real heritage we have which is God we've lost our fellowship with God living in a busy city you know you just run out there no word no scripture no study no devotion no nothing only on Sundays and even on Sunday you still come late and after listening to the message and writing half a page on your tab or wherever else you never go back to it. The next time you are going to go back to that place is next Sunday when you want to write some other things that you don't intend to read. I don't know why we write it when we won't read it. You've lost communion with God. You don't come for midweek service. You think it's for baby Christians or for idle Christians. No, you're wrong. Busy Christians who love God and who love their own spiritual growth find time for midweek service. You've left it. You don't fellowship. When last did you pray? As in pray. When last did you sit down to study? For your, just for yourself. Not, not for preaching. Not for, not for arguments. Not for nothing. You just want to study. You just want to know God more. When last did you memorize the verse? When last did you go to fellowship? When last did you fast? You've lost touch. If there's anything to recover first, it is this one. Your fellowship with Jesus. Pursue God. This year, pursue God. And watch how the other things that he said will be added. We pursue you. Bible says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me. They are meant to follow us. The virtues of heaven are meant to follow us. The possession of the earth are meant to follow us. Mind you, our Father owns heaven and earth. It cost him nothing to make the things he made to serve you, to follow you. But you've got to realign yourself with him first. You must prioritize the pursuit of God first. Then these other things, as you pursue them, it gives you wisdom and grace to catch up. It gives you speech to catch up as you pursue them. Because you are pursuing him. I ran off with this verse. And this is a very popular passage. But we only read verse 11. We don't read the rest. You know, Jeremiah chapter 29. I know the thoughts I have towards you. The thought of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Glory to God. But read what God said after all that. That then you will call upon me and pray to me and I will listen to you. That is inquire. You pop the question, right? Then in verse 13 of the book of Jeremiah chapter 29. In verse 13 it says, And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord. And I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord. And I will bring you to the place from which I caused you to be carried away captive. God is saying, I'm going to restore your fortunes. The things you lost, I'm able to bring it back. 
you must seek me. But not anyhow. He said, you will find me when you search for me with all your hearts. This is my charge to you today. I don't know if you've gone out fishing like Peter in the book of John 21 and you've carried your friends with you in the journey of backsliding and you have left God. I am inviting you this morning. Rediscover Jesus. He's waiting for you. He didn't move. You are the one that moved. Pursue him. He says, you will find me when you seek me with all your hearts. I don't know what else you are pursuing. When Jesus becomes the center of your pursuit, everything about your world is about to change. I'm asking you this morning, friends, if your relationship with Jesus has gone sour, I want you to make a commitment. Rededicate yourself this morning. In about three minutes from now, we conclude this, but I won't do that without asking you or giving you an opportunity to make a commitment to Jesus. Begin to talk to Jesus now. I want you to talk to him. See, all those things we've talked about, they will be fancy grammar if you do not get the writings first. Say, seek you first, not later. Seek you first the kingdom of God. Not secondarily. Seek it primarily. First, as a matter of priority. The kingdom of God. I, I believe that you're already talking to Jesus now. Talk to him. Lord, I'm coming back to the place of pursuing you. I'm coming back to the place of chasing hearts after you. Of coming hard to you. Of coming back to you. It's you I want to pursue this year. I want to pursue you. I want to lay hold on you this year. I want to find you this year. Give me grace to pursue you with the whole of my heart. I receive grace to pursue you. I receive grace to abandon my distractions so that I may pursue you. I receive grace to prioritize my pursuit of you. In the name of Jesus Christ, pray, brethren, pray. Ask that the Lord will give you grace to begin to do those things that you used to do. Many of us have left our first love. We are like that church that has left its first love. Rediscover your first love. Remember how you started. How the relationship with you and Jesus started. How you will travel in a place of prayer. Not because you want something, but because you want communion. Ask that the Lord will restore you to such a place. That you will rediscover such a relationship with him. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for my friends, brethren, brothers and sisters everywhere listening who are asking you for grace to be restored. I pray for grace for restoration. Grace to pursue you above all else. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that this will become a moment of refreshing from where everything begins to get transformed for good. In the name of Jesus. We bless you, dear Savior. Glory and honor be unto your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. See you next week by the grace of God. Listen to the following announcement. Thank you for listening. To get copies of messages, kindly visit our ministry material store and also worship with us at Foundation of Truth Assembly Headquarters on 40 Stroke 42 Imam Dowder Street off Eric Mosso, Lagos. God bless you.